Hi, I'm Phil Trethaway, co-founder of Creativity Plus. You're listening to the Creativity Plus podcast. We bring together two unique creatives to explore the diversity of creative thought. You hear our guests take questions from our live audience and myself. For this episode, we'll be taking our second look at the topic of reinvention. Our guests are Sonia Bradley and Stephen Pierce. Sonia Bradley is the Chief Marketing Officer for Visit Sacramento. Stephen Pierce is an improv comedian and a business consultant. The Creativity Plus podcast is recorded live in the Wall Building in Midtown Sacramento, California. Thanks for listening. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Kata, neighborhood builder since 1978. Kata has been improving the heart of downtown with projects such as the Warehouse Artist Lofts, Truett Bark Park, Capital Box Art Project, 16 Powerhouse, and many others. To learn more about Kata's efforts and housing opportunities, visit cadanet.org. Mr. Stephen Pierce is going to join us in a moment and give us his take on reinvention. He has a fascinating story. He's an OG Sacramentan who left to chase fame and fortune in LA and (laughs) worked at the Groundlings Theater for quite a long time. And and he taught reinvention, taught improv, taught taught that for quite some time, um, and then has done many other things since then. But he's gonna come up here and enlighten us with some pretty fun stuff, and I, you might laugh during this talk. Steven, come on up. Thanks, thanks. All right, next up is Sonia Bradley, Chief Marketing Officer of Visit Sacramento. She has come to Sacramento over a long journey and really is in charge now of reinventing how our city is seen from an outside perspective. And we're super excited to hear her. Welcome to the stage, Sonia. First question is mine, sorry. So my first question for the two, you know, if I get the microphone, I'll ask a question. And then our beautiful, yeah, or really good question. All right, all right. So first question for me um, is about reinvention, obviously. Um, what are the ingredients, huh, see that one? Ingredients for a successful reinvention? Uh, well, I'll, I, I was, uh, that was something that when I thought about what we were discussing today, I, I really do think is um, you, you got to have some, some facts, some things that are objective that you kind of understand and know. But I really do think it's, um, it's good to not know what you don't know. Uh, sometimes. So a little bit of ignorance and quite frankly, I think it's faith. I think you got to take the, you do have to take the leap of faith to, to reinvent yourself because sometimes you just, you, you really just don't know. Like you, you kind of, you know, it's just partially a journey. It's that journey. And so, you know, you want to get somewhere, but there's just going to be some unknown. So I think it's all three of those things combined. Um, the first three, three words I thought was focus, drive, and vision. I used to tell that to my students, that, that whatever you're looking for, you need to have some combination of, of those three, focus, drive, and vision. Another thing that makes me think of is don't get too myopic about your, your goal. When I would do auditions for students that wanted to come into the school, we'd sit in a circle, and I'd say, why are you here? And inevitably, one of them would say, I want to be on Saturday Night Live. And I'd say, oh, great, wow. Um, would you consider Mad TV when it was on? Oh, yeah. Would you consider a sitcom? Mm-hmm, yeah. 
great, you just increased your chances to three possibilities out of a thousand instead of one. And you know, some of the, uh, some of the, one of the guys that I was in the Sunday company with who got cut is now an executive producer for MTV. He's produced, I don't know if everybody's heard of Robin Big, if you were little and you watched Robin Big, which became Rob Deerdeck's Fantasy Factory, which became, he was, he was working his way towards, you know, being in the front of the camera, but, you know, you get cut from that place and it's like getting stabbed in the heart, but when, it, you know, when a door closes, another opens. So you gotta keep, just, look around and, and, and don't let yourself get too myopic. I think that's a big part of uh, uh, reinvention because something might be right, right in front of you and you don't know it. So my name is Michal, I'm a painter here in Sacramento. And I, I think one of the things that sort of um, has struck me about reinvention is the need to um, try things on for fit um, and see kind of what works and what doesn't. So can you explain or maybe kind of describe some of the things that maybe didn't work for Sacramento or in, in your experiences where, and I guess how you knew that they didn't fit? Um, God, I keep going back to, um, should I ask her about Sacramento or just whatever? Well, I mean, I, I think sometimes you're writing a sketch, for example, or you're trying a character out and you know, you write, I'm working with these students and they're trying so hard to get a piece in the show. And sometimes the end of the sketch is the beginning of the sketch, of a different sketch. There's something there. And again, it's like keeping open. And that's hard sometimes when you're having to take criticism. I, I, I'm hypersensitive. I was trying to be an actor for God's sake. But you gotta, that, which, which brings back, I guess my point about a, a, a trusting environment where you can trust the people that I can trust, I can take your criticism, it's not about me personally, it's about finding, maybe from another perspective, you can find that little nugget that you can grow. I, I honestly, I'm sitting trying to think of one specific thing, but here's what I've learned about uh, over the years of being here in Sacramento. First of all, there's such a connection with people who live here um, that they, they just, they literally feel it in their soul. Um, so whenever, I, I, I think when people try and start, um, even like some chain restaurants, if you can use that as an example, or things that don't fit with our ethos and who we really are, it doesn't really take to this city. You know, I, you know, it's like people who might move here from maybe the Bay Area and they, and sort of this attitude, and we got kind of, we don't take to it very well. I, I've got a, uh, our, one of our new, newest employees from San Francisco, and I love him, he's great. And uh, he'll, he'll, he'll say something and I'll be like, you know, Dude, that's that's so San Franciscan. That's not happening here. Um, but I do think you know, just kind of looking at areas where it just doesn't fit within um, what I think makes up this city. It's just this is there's some accessibility, the accessibility of, of places to go and things to do, and really the people, right? I think there's just some really good people here. And if you don't have that sort of attitude, it just doesn't work here. Uh, so my question probably comes more of a perspective of a business than or, or a brand more than an individual. But you talking about SNL earlier, and it kind of made me think about reinvention. But SNL has kind of been the same thing for however many years it's been around. So can you talk about maybe this expand a little about how one can reinvent itself but still maintain some true core values of how it can st stick to what its true core value is? Mm. Um, as far as Saturday Night Live, I've been to a couple of tapings. Um, it's, it's, it has stayed on that pretty rigid format. I don't know if you guys know this, but they do a show in New York at eight o'clock. 
there's an eight o'clock show with a couple extra sketches. They run through the show. Lauren and the gang acts a couple of pieces right there. And I can only imagine what some of those writers that haven't had a sketch in for a couple of weeks. And how about this for motivation to, to reinvent? Your contract is for six weeks. Yeah. That's a really comfortable place to be creative. <laughs> six weeks and I got to renew my content. And, and they do that for a couple of rounds. It's like you have to learn to live in it. I, I guess what, what works for Saturday Night Live is not the sketches, but the characters that come out. If you look through the past and the people that have performed there, the memorable characters that get grown into movies, like, you know, Wayne's World or <laughs> It's Pat. No, no, nobody saw that movie. It did, never got released. Um, and I think you have to, well, I think you have to understand your foundation and your core of who you are. Um, I, I've, I've told this story far too many times, but it's a story I read about, uh, it was in another book, it was about Jon Stewart, and they said, God, your writing room must be crazy in there, like, and it must be like all this free-for-all. He said, no, actually, it's actually a really tight framework, right? And that's where you have, that's where your creativity lands, because it opens you up to possibilities that you didn't know existed. So I think keeping your framework, understanding, you know, with the brand, if you understand your foundation, if you understand your positioning, that gives you this sort of runway to go places, but you got to have a path because otherwise your customers or your visitors, you're kind of, you, they, don't, they don't know what to expect from you. I think, you know, I, I look at SNL, which I actually think the last years have been like great, but I think they stayed true to who they are with the sketch comedy, but I think there's some basics that they follow. So whether you're a new viewer or a viewer who's been around for 20 years, I think you appreciate it because you're right, the sketch characters are there um, and you feel that connection to them. But I think you have to really know who and what you're about. What, what are some like check engine warnings that you guys see with people around you or in your businesses to start pointing them in the direction of reinventing what they do or who they are or kind of their acts. And the second one is how do you know what to hold on to as everything around you is reinventing? So like how do you identify the critical things that make you unique and make you your own brand? Uh, again, I think it goes back to knowing kind of what your foundation is. Um, that's an interesting question. What are your sort of red flags? I, I think for me, kind of in my role, my red flags typically are when um, I'll get people who just kind of throw things out there, right? And I never want to stop, I never try to stop someone's creativity or their ability, but I, I ask, I, I hope I get them sort of focus it a little bit um, and tell me at the end, what, is, what, is it, what do you want at the end? Like, what are you trying to achieve? Um, because I can tell you, right, the world is full of ideas, but there ain't a whole lot of good execution out there someday. So at some point, it's my role to make sure it gets executed. But you've got to, I think you've got to know who you are. Um, and I think um, for me, just to kind of look to see that um, I've hopefully set a path for people. Um, I have a couple of students that have come to mind. Does anybody know Wyatt Cenac? He was, uh, what show was he on? Um, Daily he, the Daily Show. He's a reporter for The Daily Show. He was a student of mine. And it was intermediate, and you're supposed to do characters and get emotional. And if you've seen Wyatt Cenac, he's totally deadpan. And I would say, Wyatt, you're so funny. You got to like, I want to see you go crazy. I want to see you have a fit. I want to, and he just not having it. And, you know, I said, you need to work at this level some more. I didn't pass him on. I said, you need to repeat. And he stayed true to, like, 
I, I know that's just not, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to, it wouldn't be true to me. He stayed, well, and he did fine. And there's another guy, he's a stand-up comedian now named James Adomian. Um, he, a brilliant uh, uh, impressions. When we got to the end of his run, a year and a half, and at a year and a half in the Sunday Company, you're probably going to, they're probably not going to extend you. It's either up or out. And there has to be, there's only 30 spots in the main company, so... And he wanted to do this crazy sort of uh, film noir sketch on a train. And it's like, you can't really, the stage is pretty bare. And he, he, he was really passionate about it. He said, I don't think this is good for you as, as what I know the groundlings are looking for. I said, but we're out of place. I said, I'm going to leave it up to you. you know, you've been here a year and a half. You know what's up. And he said, I want to do it. And he did not pass, but he stayed true to himself. So you got to believe in yourself no matter, you just got to kind of stick with what you know here. And at the same time, it's all about perspective and balance, I guess, you know, stick with what you know is true, but try to keep open to trusted um, criticism. Have either of you had moments where you weren't confident about what was true? You know, it's often you hear about, you know, stay true to yourself and move forward, but some people are having trouble figuring out what is their true self. Have either of you had experiences with that, and, and how did you get through that? I haven't. <laughs> um, I, I, I'll, I mean, we talked about Farm to Fork. I mean, you know, I'm not sure it was, uh, like I knew, I, knew it was, I knew it was who we are, but from a marketing perspective, I, I wasn't sure at first. Like, I really wasn't sure. Like, for me, I mean, I, you know, uh, I'm not a foodie. You know, that's kind of where people seem to go. But when we start channeling it to something that was, again, I use the word, we use the word accessible a lot in our industry or in our organization. That's how we feel about the destination, how we feel about this movement for us. Um, and when we start moving in that route, but, you know, at first, and I, God, I can't tell you how many campaigns we went through to push this forward. Like, I, I could paper a wall. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. I mean, there's some stuff in my drawer that I'm never, ever going to show anybody. Um, but it's because you're always because you're always like internalizing it too. At least I am um, to see if again if it tells a story you're trying to tell. Um, and I'm to this day I'm not quite sure we've fully landed on it. Like it's still it's still a work in progress for us. So um, I, I you know I just think it's yeah. I mean I have those doubts and I struggle with a lot of this stuff often daily. Fear, fear's the kind of that the because I'm I can speak on that. Um, I've been terrified my whole life. Um, and I think a lot of stand-up comedians, uh, like uh, Richard Lewis, I, look how neurotic that guy is. I'm, I, I graduated from Sac State as a business major. What? I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't my thing, but I, I, couldn't, I couldn't embrace who I was. And then I thought, you know what? What if I, if I could be in a studio on the radio, I could tell my jokes and try to be funny and I wouldn't have to face my audience. So I got into radio and I had a morning show for a while. And then, you know, you realize you never get any feedback from your audience. You do it through these ratings books that come out months later. I don't even know how they do it now, but, uh, and then that spirit led me to improvisation. And for me that somehow I couldn't get up here by myself and be a stand-up. Totally terrifying. Took a class in it. It was in Santa Barbara at a stand-up club in Goleta called 
P period, it was a person's name, P period, Yo Pans. P Yo Pans Comedy Club. I shit you not. Every comedian just bagged on the name of this stupid comedy club. But I took a class in stand-up and you read the book and it's not about telling jokes, it's about you know, having a point of view. And, and slowly, I, I, when I got into the improv, I realized, no, I gotta try this, I gotta try this, you know, win or lose, and I did. I, I sort of equate my career to sort of a baseball player who played AAA ball for the River Cats and got called up to the Giants a couple of times to pinch hit, and you know, I had to try it. And, but fear has constantly, I mean, it's one of the most natural fears people have is to stand up in front of people or sit in front of them and, and talk, so. This You're welcome. This is not terrifying yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you. I'm all right, next wearing question. Wearing an adult diaper. Uh, first of all, thank you guys. Uh, this is my first Creativity Plus, and I feel like a very late adopter. I feel like you're doing great. I love it. So the Tower Bridge is calling my name. So I want to kind of bring it back to Sacramento a little bit. And I, as a big advocate for Sacramento, especially our downtown core, my last job used to be similar to visit Sacramento, truly just bringing people to Sacramento. So Sonia and Steven as well, how can... Sacramentans, you said a lot about how Visit Sacramento works to attract people outside of Sacramento to Sacramento. How can Sacramentans better or differently support Visit Sacramento's mission to bring every, to have every single person want to come to visit, Sac to visit Sacramento, pardon me? Uh, I would, so every marketer knows you can spend a whole lot of money, but word of mouth is by far the, the most powerful tool we all have. I like, thank you. Um, <laughs> Um, I said in my presentation how, honestly, locals used to be the worst. Like, I remember early on, I went to a meeting, and this woman just started bashing um, uh, O Sacramento. And if you're from here, like, I kind of get it, right? It's, it has its challenges. We bring people from outside, and they're like, I'm literally going to say this, kids in a candy store, despite there being like eight candy stores there. But, you know, it's like, they, they just, they enjoy it because... It's, it's a part of what this destination is. So to answer your question, um, it's really, uh, when your friends ask you about why you like it here, what's so great about Sacramento, tell them the truth. Tell them what's really cool here. Tell them that you ride your bike to work. You came in with your bike and you came up the elevator. Tell them, I'm telling you, there's some days in the spring when, that, when those streets are lined, the trees are full. Like, I literally still have moments, and I've been here a while. Um, I think the, uh, despite all the challenges, and by the way, I get there are challenges in every city. Like, I'm, I'm not looking at it with rose-colored glasses. Um, but I think we're still very fortunate to be here. But, you know, invite your friends and family. The only shameless plug I'm going to do is make them stay in a hotel so they can leave taxes. <laughs> like, literally, that's, that's really all I want. All right. I'm going to spin this for you a little bit. Or okay. do you want to take run with it? No, please. All right. Spin it. All right. Um, you talk a little about like basically finding your truth, like sharing the true reason you love Sacramento with someone else. And Stephen, you talked a little bit about, you know, finding your point of view and your perspective. And so like, how do you help people find their perspective? How, what is that process like when you're coaching a comedian to do that? Like, how do you find that? It doesn't happen in one little session. It, it happens over the course of time. You, you you know, I've been told you've, you're given authority, but you have to earn respect. And I have to earn that respect by creating an environment in that classroom where it's okay to screw up. Not only is it okay to screw up, that's where the gold is. 
I used to do a, a show with a guy who was a history major, and I would fuck up a history reference, and he would be all over it, trying to justify how uh, Nazi Germany was in uh, the the Knights of the Round Table or something like that. And he would have a blast with it because he was a history major from Yale. And I'm like, I don't know. He's, thank you for doing that. <laughs> I didn't try. It was a mistake. Um, so I, I, I think also I can't, you can't treat all the same, you can't treat all students the same when you're coaching because different students, artists react, you know, carrot stick type of thing. Some you have to nurture. And, and, and I'll do some nurturing, but I won't coddle. But you know, uh, some of them need some encouragement, and you can do it. And uh, sometimes uh, um, one thing I would do is create deadlines for them that there's no way they can meet so that they just and, and give them no time to do it. I, I would say one of the exercises is uh, you're going to write a sketch, and it has to do with a special skill you have. What are your special skills? Write down. They're thinking they're going to have to write down three or five. I can tie up cherry stem in a knot with my tongue. I can, I can pick things up with my toes. I say, okay, you have five minutes to come up with 30. 30? They, they get all panicked. I said, I don't care if they're good. In fact, I want, we're going to have a, 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 when we would name the shows, I want a list. I'm, we're going to take the top three and we're going to take the bottom three. We're going to vote on who, what, who has the shittiest skills and they're going to get an award. Or who has the stupidest title for our show? It's it like, oh, okay, Fast and Furious, you know, as many things as you can in the shortest amount of time possible so you don't have time to think and that critic in your head doesn't have time to step on your dreams. <laughs> Excellent. Hello. Um, so I just wanted to ask both of you, what are some ways that you check back in with your audience? So what are some ways that you make sure that you're reaching people in Sacramento? And what are some ways you recommend that, you know, comedians or the people in your improv are checking in and making sure they're really resonating with their audience? Uh, you know, in this day and age, um, people don't have any problem telling you <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, what they're what they're thinking. Um, you're right over there, Steve. It's all right. I'm okay. a bit nervous. <laughs> <laughs> um, I talk of uh, my role again. You understand what my role is, but um, you know it's funny. I when I talk to some marketing people, like seriously, have you actually talked to a customer? Like literally, go out and talk to a customer. I try and depending on if we can afford, if I can send a marketing person to a, a customer event and have the, listen to the customer, that's, that's what we do, right? But again, there's so many channels for people to talk to us. Um, certainly when things are wrong, we hear about it. Um, and, and we work, you know, we have to be, you know, kind of lockstep with what's happening in the city and the county. Um, so we do keep them informed, so we get feedback that way. But I, I you know, we just need to talk to them. Um, feedback. It, when I was doing radio, there wasn't any. You know, I would say my jokes. Oh, I hope that was funny. I don't know. Until I had a partner that at least I could bounce off. Um, when you're doing live comedy, sketch, or stand-up, you, you get your feedback. <laughs> yeah. I've been out on a, in a sketch. You know, it's the first time going. You think it's going to be great. And you hear that. And it's like, Oh shit, there's four more minutes of this. 
<clears throat> and sometimes, you know, you bring in a sketch, and, this, and you could take this with any of your artwork and art ideas. One idea, you're going you know, to bring it in on a Wednesday night or whenever you put up your material. One of them, oh, this is, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. You work on it so hard. And the next one, you think of it while you're sitting on the toilet. And, okay. And the one you worked hard on is like, no, I don't think so. That was fantastic. There's no, there's no formula. You know, you just got to keep throwing stuff up and throwing stuff up until you, until you find it. And back to the radio thing and reinvention, I'm, my shameless plug maybe in a minute or two is that um, I started a podcast. And who hasn't started a podcast? Who in here doesn't have a podcast? Oh, two people don't have podcast. Everybody else has a podcast, right? Why wouldn't you not? Why would you not have a podcast? So I said, well, I used to do radio. I talked into a, and then my improv skills, one of the greatest skills I learned from improv was listening, how to listen, and, and listening to how, <laughs> how somebody says something is just, contains as much or more information than what they say. Oh, nice tie, <laughs> nice tie. Same words, very different message. So I started this like a month or two ago, and it's, I don't know. Who knows? But, but, but even with this, you could get feedback now, right? People leave comments. I haven't gotten any comments. But, and, and they say with a podcast to really, 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 really target your audience. Don't be broad. And it's like, I'm an old white guy that's angry. I was going to name it two old white guys in rocking chairs on a porch. But that's, that's a better URL, the modern moron. <laughs> um, so... It's a little easier now to, in different mediums to get your, your feedback, I think, with Twitter and all those things you kids do. Hi. Um, I'm one of those Bay Areans who's recently moved to <laughs> Sacramento, so sorry. <laughs> um, thanks. <laughs> um, but my question is, you both have talked about kind of finding your authentic voice and growth as they relate to reinvention, and w how would you say you know when you're meant to grow or reinvent, or are they different? Hmm. Gro are growing and reinventing different things? I th is that kind are of... Are they different, or how I, do you know I, I, when you're meant to grow versus I don't think reinvent so. I don't think they're that different. I, I mean, that different either. it depends uh, what kind of a reinvent. Is it just a, a you know, a painted a different color, or we're going to, from the ground up, you know? I would just say, <clears throat> throw out as many ideas as you can and keep them all. You, and you can thumb through them in five years, and if they still suck to you, then maybe throw them away. But you never know, you're going to look at something a different way all of a sudden and go, oh, wait a minute. So um, I don't know if that answered your question. So you're the guy with the garage that's just chock full of... Yeah, I'm yeah. a hoarder, is what I'm saying, basically. <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, I, to your point, I think um, you find something, people always talk about finding their passion, but the reality is you find things that energize you, right? And that's the direction you move towards. And you energize, and if you want it to be your new career or what you, how you want to live your life, then I think that's what you do. But I think um, if we get out, when we get in that mode of just doing what we always do, but we instead look for those things that bring us, you know, a certain level of joy, um, I think that's, that's, that's when you're either reinventing or growing, but I do think they're, I feel like they're one and the same. Reinvention isn't always a good thing. We shouldn't always be reinventing right and left willy-nilly just for the fun of it, um, or just because the newest trend is out, or to chase this thing or that thing, right? Um, 
And we're happy if either of you, I told you this earlier when we talked, like we're happy if either of you says reinvention sucks, don't do it. That's fine with us. So on that question, when do you reinvent and when do you drop your keel and like stay true to who you are and like stick steady? But the first thing that comes to mind for me is you build a network of people. I, I look to people and people I trust and you have to find find your gut instinct. And, and that can be hard when you're an artist and you want to, you want to make something. You, nobody goes out artistically and wants to make something nobody likes, right? Nobody sets out to do that, but it happens. And um, how do you know? Uh, I guess rely on perspective, the perspective of knowing yourself and trusting a couple of people that can say, you know what, you're full of shit on this one. <laughs> or don't listen to those people, you go do it. Or sometimes you have to tell yourself to do that. Yeah, I think um, that's a good question, but I think it's, uh, I think you kind of have to maybe just sort of visualize what it is you're trying to, what does you want to accomplish, where you want to be. Um, um, because maybe it's a reinvention, but maybe early on it's just a step in a different direction. So you can kind of take it sort of one step at a time. But um, that's, that's a, it's, you know what, quite frankly, I'm going to cop out a little bit. That's a tough question. <laughs> it's just a tough <laughs> question because we, you know, we, we do programs and things and, God, this is the right one. Uh, maybe not. Maybe we'll just hold it here. And so it's just a constant battle. Well, was the, wasn't the... Uh... Visit, Cal visit Sacramento slogan before is find your... Uh, California Begins Here. California we, Begins Here? Yes, we did use Wasn't that. Was there a gold-related one at one point? There was this, uh, we did Discover Gold, and then we did California Begins Here, and now we don't have one because it engenders way too many discussion about what a tagline should be. Okay. Um, well, I assume it now it's Farm for Capital. Um, but, okay. So here's the thing. We're still working that out. Like, it's funny. I can talk about it all day, Will it, will it, how will it continue to manifest itself? Um, it's still actually kind of up in the air. Will it become, like I said, we don't really even have a campaign anymore. We tried to stop. It turns out kind of doing the things I talk about. And that's why I talked a lot about storytelling. I mean, I think the sort of traditional model of how we promote ourselves, or not just us, anyone does promotion, has changed dramatically. And which is why we, ha I, we went at the content studio, because I think telling that story, which by the way, we're gonna add a podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Will you be on my podcast? Uh, telling that story <laughs> is, is really the best way to, forgive the marketing jargon, but sort of move people you know, from awareness down into the funnel. Say thank you to our speakers. All right. Thank you all for coming. We really appreciate it. And as part of my podcasting duties, is there a theme here? I think there's a theme. We should all get a podcast. Reinve I thought it was reinvention. Oh, no, theme is podcasting. <laughs> no? All right. All right. Creativity Plus Podcast is hosted by Phil Trethaway. We are proudly sponsored by CADA, the Capital Area Development Authority. The technical and executive producer is Johnny Flores with Flores Podcast Consulting. The podcast is recorded live at the Wall Building in Sacramento, California. Our live events are made possible by our wonderful team of volunteers. Please be sure to rate and review the show. To learn more about Creativity Plus, please visit convenethecreatives.org. And thank you for listening to the Creativity Plus podcast. Thank you all for coming. <laughs>